Welcome to the Epidemic Belfast podcast. I'm Eugenie Scott and I'm a researcher in this project and a PhD candidate at Ulster University. Epidemic Belfast is a public history and medical humanities initiative from Ulster University. It aims to map changing experience of infection and disease for individuals and communities in a unique urban environment, Belfast from the 19th century to the present day. On today's podcast, I'm interviewing Dr. Ian Miller, a lecturer at Ulster University, and we're going to be talking a bit about troubles, trauma and feminism. So welcome, Ian. Could I ask how you became involved in this subject or interested in this subject? Thank you, Eugenie. Um, I've been really interested in the issue of trauma and PTSD, which is, of course, a, a major issue at the moment in the post-troubles period. I wanted to set out to find out what people were saying at the time in the 60s and 70s about trauma and its relation to conflict. And I came across an individual named Rona Fields who had much to say about this, particularly in the mid-1970s. That's great. Um, so Rona Fields was part of the second wave feminist movement. Can you tell us a bit more about why feminists were interested in health in the 1970s? Yeah, at the end of the 1960s, a second wave feminist movement emerged globally. Many feminists at the time saw the medical profession as quite patriarchal. Many believed that decisions on women's matters, such as contraception, abortion, childbirth, was too often rested in the hands of male doctors. So feminists really were into the idea of female autonomy and patient's autonomy. They spoke out about issues such as female patients not being given information on the safety of the contraceptive pill or the side effects of tranquilizers, among many other issues. Internationally, feminists developed their own self-help movements and encouraged each other to learn skills usually performed by doctors. Obviously, in Northern Ireland, women's legal status differed from many other parts of the United Kingdom. And so, for example, the Abortion Act was not passed in 1967. There was a feminist movement in Northern Ireland, but they really struggled to unite in the context of the Troubles, largely, of course, due to the Catholic-Protestant divide. There were groups of women immobilised against internment, poor housing conditions and those things, but often in their own communities. So some Catholics accuse one group of women together. They've been reluctant to criticise internment of the army. The implication being there, of course, that they might be more supportive of the state. So it's only really maybe in the late 1970s onwards that groups emerge and, and some Northern Irish feminists overcome the differences, join groups such as the Belfast Women's Collective and publish radical magazines such as Women's Action, which can be found in the Linen Hall Library. What did feminists such as Rona Fields have to say about conflict-related trauma during the Troubles? She was one of the first to really discuss the emotional distress which conflict often caused people. There had been a few local doctors in the late 1960s, early 1970s, such as Alex Leons from the Perdisburn Hospital, who had been concerned that maybe conflict was causing widespread stress and emotional problems. He investigated a period of rioting in West Belfast in August and September 1969, a time of violence that helped to consolidate Catholic Protestant segregation in Belfast. Leons noted unusually high anxiety levels, but few signs that conflict was causing really severe mental health conditions. And so he tended to offer tranquilizers to anyone affected. He became quite well known internationally. He discussed his findings in magazines such as New Scientist. There was an NBC documentary, Suffer the Little Children, also which he was interviewed for. And throughout the 1970s, he continues to publish on the psychological effects of bomb explosions and civil violence. It's in 1971 that Rona Fields arrives in Northern Ireland after corresponding with concerned local doctors. Rona was an internationally well-known social psychologist and political activist from America. 
where she'd worked on the task force on the status of women. She developed community mental health initiatives in African-American communities. Uh, she was outraged by the introduction of internments and came over throughout the 1970s to Northern Ireland on various occasions. Often she would live with families and personally get to know them. She was particularly concerned about children's emotional well-being. She started to survey working class children aged between 6 and 15, but ran into problems. The Ministry of Education stopped her from testing children in schools. Queen's University School of Psychology refused to take part or to cooperate much, um, dismissing Fields' work as journalistic and unscholarly. Nonetheless, Rona managed to test around 150 children and like Leans before her, she concluded, to quote, these children neither hospitalised nor in psychiatric treatments, neither criminally delinquent nor educationally retarded, using the terminology of the day. These children are suffering an abnormality. So Rona is really interested here, the emotional impacts of clicks on, on the young particularly. Um, Rona Fields made many strong allegations against the British Army and the government. Could you tell us a bit more about those? Yeah, Rona was far more confrontational than doctors such as Leon's. She drew inspiration from a range of counterculture ideas such as neo-Marxism, post-colonialism, feminism, anti-psychiatry, among others. In 1973, she published her first book, A Society on the Run, A Psychology of Northern Ireland, and this attracts international attention. She claimed in this that the British Army were using psychological torture and brainwashing while interrogating internees. She also discussed soldiers being psychologically conditioned and brainwashed into losing their identity. And Rona also drew from contemporary feminist theory to portray Northern Ireland as a patriarchal country. And she described women there as a slave of slaves, a reference to Northern Irish men being enslaved to the British. Initially, the book did receive some favourable reviews. However, the publisher Penguin withdrew the book only a week after its publication. They claimed to have spotted many typos, but Rona suspected that the Community Relations Office in Northern Ireland had pressured the publisher into withdrawing the book. Penguin did promise to re reprint the book, free from mistakes, but never did. But nonetheless, on the international stage, Rona's profile continued to grow. In February 1972, the United States Congress discussed her views on the alleged psychological torture of internees. She worked with the British Society for Social Responsibility in Science to lobby unsuccessfully to send an in independent team of psychiatrists to Northern Ireland to work with the internees instead. But she did face persistent hostility from the British and Northern, Irish, uh, British and Northern Irish authorities, um, not least because she tended to publicly compare the British and Nazi governments and to make very strong claims. She, she often encountered problems entering the United Kingdom and believed that the special branches monitoring her movements. So did all of this deter Rona from writing about the troubles? No, she was very determined. In 1976, publishes a new version of her book, renamed Society Under Siege, A Psychology of Northern Ireland. In this, she claims to have become good friends with many Northern Irish people over many years. And she talks again of children, some of whom hadn't grown up or who had grown up, in her words, with crippled bodies and damaged minds. Obviously, such strong claims could make the topic of conflict-related trauma politically volatile. Rona's views, I think, aligned closer to republicanism and therefore proved less endearing to Protestant communities. But this could mean that some valid concerns about matters such as tranquilizer overprescription could fall on deaf ears locally. There are many autobiographical accounts which make passing references to individuals self-medicating 
uh, after being maybe exposed to a bomb blast or some other kind of of um, violence or um, stressor. Rona appears to be active in Northern Ireland until the early 1980s. During the 1980 to 81 hunger strike, she can be found campaigning for better treatment of female prisoners in Armagh prisoners, like many other feminists locally were doing. Um, again, she, she claimed the H-box resembled the concentration camps of the Holocaust, uh, and the government refused her permission for further visits. So what did local psychologists think about Rona Fields' research? There was a lot of debate between Rona and the local psychologist. The 1978 British Psychological Society's meeting, Northern Irish practitioners discussed what they called the regrettably simple-minded nature of Rona's work, which they argued was discouraging local practitioners from investigating trauma, TSD, as we would now tend to call it. Rona believed that many medical people in Northern Ireland were choosing to remain silent and accused some of them of colluding with the military by covering up injuries inflicted by soldiers. So you can see the tensions emerging here between Rona and, and local doctors, and, and she isn't afraid of making very strong claims. Curiously, there are new collections, such as Joan Harbison's book, Children of the Troubles, published in 1980, which kind of go the complete opposite way than Rona did. The researchers in this volume tended to conclude that children were coping very well and they weren't afraid of criticising Rona, one contributor called of a troublesome outsider. Similar trends can be seen in research on rising tranquilizer prescription levels in Northern Ireland, which were comparatively high compared to other countries, but the local researchers tended to refrain from linking this to the conflict. And the same goes for research into high antidepressant usage in Northern Ireland too. Rona described the conclusions of local researchers as, in her words, a kind of piecemeal wishful thinking. So there are some people who, who claim at the time that maybe the psychologists have uh, been overly pessimistic, partly because they're developing research in opposition uh, to Rona fields. But it seems others may have seen that they, um, others may have felt a need to maybe distance themselves from the troubles and the violence and to produce research which wasn't politically controversial. Um, both PTSD and trauma became important issues after the troubles. Could you explain a bit more about that? From around the 1990s, psychologists acknowledged that there seemed to have been a missing gap in research and service provision during the troubles. So there's a new generation of researchers who look back at missed research opportunities for better understanding PTSD at the time. Um, so two of these argue in 2003, some, value, some very valuable opportunities for researching different traumatic incidences and the psychological effects have probably been missed. Northern Irish researchers now worked in an environment more open to discussing the emotional impacts of conflict and some look back quite puzzled and dismayed by how little research had been undertaken during the conflicts and the various um, debates which had arisen at the time. After the Troubles, mental health professionals positioned themselves as having to deal with a well of unmet emotional and psychological need. Many argued that it was only after the Troubles that a lot of traumatic symptoms became apparent and visible. Uh, Post-conflict research acknowledges widespread psychological symptoms that sometimes persisted for decades, and they do they did begin to explore more seriously the reality of self-medication and pharmaceutical overuse for many. Studies in the 2010 suggested that around 40% of the Northern Irish population experienced some kind of odd traumatic event, that around 17% still suffered ongoing PTSD. And today, of course, it's initiatives like the Wave Trauma Centre 
who currently work with people affected by the troubles and conflicts in Northern Ireland. That's great. That was really interesting. Um, thank you for your time and thank you for sharing your research today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Epidemic Belfast. For more information and to read articles related to today's episode, as well as other ones in the series, you can visit our website www.epidemic-belfast.com.